Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Terrible. Good morning, life. Wonderful. You may take your seat. It's so good to be with you this morning. What a beautiful morning. The sun is shining and we are here in the house of God. There's nothing like being at home. To come to church and have that sense of I'm home. And uh, if you're visiting with us, as Pastor Craig said earlier, uh, you are just so welcome. If you're watching online, uh, we just want to thank you for doing that. I know that there are times when I'm away ministering uh, in all different places, but uh, even if I'm away on a weekend, I make sure there's always a moment somewhere uh, over that weekend where I can just jump online and just catch whatever God has been speaking in the house. Uh, Because when you're part of the house, uh, you just want what God is doing. And so my prayer this morning is if, uh, if you're part of Life Church, uh, that you're going to catch something fresh today from the Holy Spirit. Uh, but if you are visiting with us or if you're watching online, uh, maybe this is a new encounter for you, then we just pray that you feel, number one, you feel relaxed and that you feel at home. But the number two, that God is going to speak something very real, very powerful into your heart. Can you all agree with that? Wonderful. Well, I want to speak to you this morning about open heart, dusty feet, hands of power, and words of life. Open heart, dusty feet, hands of power, and words of life. And I've chosen those words because I think as much as I love Christmas, I think Christmas can be a really dangerous time where if we're not careful that we're just moving so quickly, we forget to just stop and to just recapture the awe and recapture the wonder about that first Christmas and about what it actually means and what was actually going on and and what does it mean for you and I today? Number one as followers of Jesus, but number two, if you're here or in the sound of my voice and you've not yet you know, stepped into that dynamic of faith and receiving Christ as your Lord. What does it mean to you if you would say, well, I'm not sure I believe? Because the truth is that the message of Christmas is for everyone. Whether we find ourselves in church, part of what God is doing, or whether we're still sort of watching from the outside, the message of Christmas is for each and every one of us on planet Earth this morning. And so I want to be able to step back into that, revisit that first Christmas. And you might say this morning, well, wait a minute, I've heard it all, I know it all. Well, I'm praying it will reawaken something in you this morning. I don't know about you, I love that carol. Oh, come all ye faithful. My goodness, what a great carol. I could just sing that for days, for days. Oh, come all ye faithful. So I'm praying it reawakens that it's not an old story that you have to endure, but it's something fresh that sparks something alive. But if it's all new to you, then I'm praying for that revelation that can come to your heart about the love of God and the fact that God is for you. And God wants you to know Him, wants you to know His love, wants to know His grace, wants you to know His power in this place this morning. So we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke. Everyone say, Luke. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1. Thank you, team. We put our hands together for the team. Do a wonderful job week after week leading us in worship. Never take it for granted. Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days, 
Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for, Lord, everything that we get to celebrate in this season. We thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that, God, you take the, the word and you make it live in our hearts. So I pray this morning that, God, as we consider your word and we revisit this story, that, Father, you will quicken faith in every heart. God, cause a sense of awe and wonder to rise. And, God, I pray, Father, that there would be an acceptance of the invitation, the greatest invitation of all time, to receive the gift in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You know, when you look at that passage of Scripture, I think two things jump out straight away. The first thing is this, that when we talk about Jesus, we talk about the Christmas story and we, we often see the nativity scenes and we see that little baby in the manger. We've got to realise again and again and again that this is no ordinary child. You know, in one perspective, there's an incredible natural scenario that's being played out. There's Mary, who is large with child, that goes into labour. There's Joseph, who's panicking because he's got nowhere to take her. And then somebody opens the door and they go into that stable. And then there is the childbirth. And it's very real and it's very raw. But on another level, there's something very, very different that's going on. Because while all of that natural process is being worked out, suddenly there are angels arriving out there in the fields. Suddenly the glory of God is shining everywhere. And then suddenly there's a proclamation that what's happening, that baby that's being born, there is a saviour, there is a messiah that has just arrived on planet earth. And when we consider those things together, all of this is simply because that baby, that Mary's firstborn child was in reality the son of God. It's amazing if you were to do a bit of a survey out in the street or the supermarkets or ask the world, there are so many opinions about who this Jesus was. Did he, Jesus, even come? But if he came, well, he was maybe just a prophet. Maybe he was just a speaker of peace. Maybe he was a philosopher. Others would say, well, you know, he was just a, a miracle worker. Others would say, well, no, no, he had a gift of prophecy. But the reality is that all of these things may be true to an element, but the greatest truth is the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. That when we celebrate that baby in the manger, we are celebrating the fact that the God of heaven wrapped himself in skin and came down here to planet Earth. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This was no ordinary child. And the second is this, that God is not a distant God. I love the fact that a decision was made in heaven that we have to close the gap. There was a moment in time when when they said, no, no, we've got to do more than just send the prophets. We've got to do more than just send the scriptures. We've got to do more than, we've, we've got to go down. We've got to be with them. Philippians said, speaking of Jesus, he didn't consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. We see Jesus as a baby, but we are also seeing the greatest miracle, the greatest demonstration of love, the greatest act of grace that the world has ever, ever known that God left heaven. The Son of God left the presence of His Father, left all of the glory, left all of the angels, all of the archangels, stepped into our time frame, made Himself subject to nature, And all of these things Jesus did for us. Why did he come? He came to show us what God was really like. He came to close the gap of what people were imagining God was like. The reality is today that so many people have an incorrect or a limited understanding of who God is. The truth is that we all understood who God really is, we would never have a problem with worship. We would never have a problem with making him first in our lives. We would never have a problem of surrendering our will to his if we truly understood how awesome our God is. You know, some people think today that God is a disinterested or separated God. That God just sort of may have set everything in motion, created all things, but then he just sort of stepped back looked at us and said, well, good luck with that. Other people would say, well, if God is real, he's irresponsible and he's inhumane. How could God, a God of love, a God of mercy, how how could he allow all these natural disasters? How could he allow the inhumanity of man that we see all around the world? They say, how can you talk about a a God of love? He's not a God of love. He's irresponsible. He's inhumane. Others, when they think of God, they'd say, well, he's a demanding and a judgmental God. That if he is real, well, he's, he's just saying, well, you better be good. You better, you better prove to me that you're worthy of my presence. And, and if you don't, well, I'm just going to smash you. There'll be judgment for your sin. But the beautiful thing about Jesus, the message of Christmas, is the fact that when Jesus did step out, step out of heaven and he walked the dusty streets, he was showing us, he was demonstrating us, no, 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 this is what the God is like. This is what my Father is like. This is what the kingdom is like. If you want to close the gap, look at me. Look at me. And that's where we see what is God like? What was Jesus showing us? That God is the God of the open heart and the dusty feet. Matthew nine thirty-five says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages 
teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. The God of heaven walked the dusty streets of man. Yes, he went to the synagogues. Yes, he was found in the temple. Yes, he observed the Jewish traditions. But he also went out of his way. He went out of his way to connect with everyday people that were doing everyday life. He was not the God or the Savior of the elite. He was the God and the Savior of every man, of every woman, and of every child. And when you watch the life of Jesus, if you're familiar with the New Testament, then you see Jesus, he went to the weddings, he went to the funerals, he went to the lunches, he was there visiting the sick. He went walking by the seas of Galilee. He had time for the children. He was there wherever there were needs, wherever there was life. And he related to every level of society. Again, if you look at Jesus, you'll find him with the rich and with the poor. You'll find him with the prosperous and with the broken. You'll find him with the professionals and you'll find him with the destitute and the outcast. And what he's saying is, this is what God is like. Jesus, there was absolutely nobody that was beyond his reach. And there was nobody that he was unwilling to touch. It's where scripture says that he had compassion. He had compassion on them. He had an open heart towards them. I would suspect there's not one person in this room or in the sound of my voice watching online this morning that you probably haven't heard the famous verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish. But the truth is that we need to understand verse 17 that follows. An underlined verse 17, which goes on to say, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, the truth is when Jesus came, He didn't come in anger. He didn't come in judgment. He didn't come in frustration. He did not come to give us more rules to follow so that we could be good enough to be accepted by God. When Jesus came, He came with a message. He came to say, God loves you. He came to say, God is for you. There is grace available for each and every one. He came not with a message of judgment, but a message of grace. So I say everyone today, God is for you. He is for you. Psalm 56 verse 9 says, This I know, that God is for me. Can I tell you, when you get that revelation in your heart, when you can wake up every single morning, look in the mirror and say, God is for you, it changes the way you do life. It changes the reality that no matter what's going on, and that psalm was written when, when the psalmist had enemies, when he had challenges, when he had all kinds of obstacles in his life. But he said, but one thing I know, no matter what's happening around about me, my God is for me. And I'm telling you this morning, whoever you are, whatever's going on in your life this morning, God is for you. It's the message of Christmas. You may be here this morning and struggling. God loves you. God is for you. He sees your pain. 
He sees your frustration. He sees the hurt. He sees the confusion. And his heart leans towards you. You may be here this morning and, and you're not struggling, but maybe you're successful in life. You know, on one level, it may all be going well. But on the inside, there may be a sense of emptiness, maybe a lack of real purpose. Maybe there's that wonder, what's it all for? You've got it all, but what's it all for? Can I tell you, God is for you. God loves you. God wants you to be filled with a sense of wonder and fulfillment and purpose so that you can know why you're here on planet Earth. You can know there's a God who loves you. You can know that His anointing is upon you. You can know that you have a destiny to fulfill. God is for you this morning. Maybe this morning you sit here and you say, well, and you don't know what's going on in my life. You may be so aware of your own failures that you might ask the question, well, how, how could God love me? How could God possibly accept me that all, all that I've gone through, all that I've done? Well, the truth is that God is for you too. God is for who we would say is the best and God is for the worst. God wants you to know today, not just his love, but his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. You know, in John chapter 8, there's an incredible scene. It's full of drama. It's like the showdown between judgment and grace. It's like a showdown between the Old Testament law and the grace that Jesus brought. And if you know the story, it's of a woman caught in adultery. And the religious leaders bring this woman, literally caught in the act of adultery. They throw her down before Jesus and they say, Hey, Jesus, the law says that we should stone her. She's guilty. But what do you say? He was bringing them to a public challenge. What are you going to do, Jesus? Jesus handled the situation so beautifully. He just said, well, I tell you what. If any of you are without sin in your life, you can throw the first stone. And in that moment of God's presence, in that moment of Jesus' authority, the Bible says one by one, they all just walked away. And they, Jesus was left there alone with the woman. He said to the woman, woman, where are those that have accused you? Have they all left? Have they all turned away? She said, no, they've all gone. Jesus said, well, neither do I condemn you. From now on, sin no more. Other translations would say, he says, simply said, now go and leave your life of sin. What Jesus is saying again is the message of Christmas that God is not angry. God is not coming with condemnation. He's coming with love. He's coming with grace. And he's coming with an invitation. If you are caught, you can be free. If you are guilty, you can be declared not guilty. If you're trapped in a meaningless life, you can step out of that and live a life that is free of sin, free of condemnation, free of all of the tangles of the world. It's an invitation that comes to us every single Christmas time. But Jesus also came to show us that he had healing hands, that our God is a healing God. It says he came healing every disease and every sickness. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We've got to be so careful not to leave Jesus in the manger. 
We've got to be so careful to realize that that precious little baby that was born grew into a man who walked in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that wherever Jesus went, things got better. Wherever Jesus was confronted with sickness, wherever Jesus was confronted with bondage, he was able by God's power to set them free. I love what Scripture says. He saw the miracles because God was with him. And the truth of Christmas for you and I today, if God is with us today, we can see miracles as well. When God is with you, anything is possible. And the fact is, in this church, why do we make time? Why do we pause just about every single service and pray for the sick? Why are there teams that will pray? Why are there pastors and leaders that will come and lay hands and believe God? Because it's an interesting fact. The more we believe, the more we pray, the more miracles God does in our, in our world. I want to encourage you today, if you need physical healing, I tell you, God is the God of healing. Don't leave him in the manger. He has power for you today. He's a healing God. If I were to ask you here this morning, how many people have, been, have received a miracle of healing? I can tell you, hands would go up all over this place. Because this is not mere talk. He brought the power of God. And that power of God is still moving today. We celebrate Bryce coming home. We could celebrate a multitude of stories that demonstrate God is still the God who heals. But of course, it's not just physical healing that we're talking about. Jesus came not just to heal our bodies, but to heal our heart, our soul, and our mind. Listen to this, the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're carrying burdens this morning. You're carrying anxiety. Pastor Nadia shared around communion. Are you carrying fear? Are there things in your life, in your heart, in your mind that are, are sapping the life out of you, that are perhaps even bringing sickness into your body? The truth is that we have a place that we can bring our burden. We have a place because of Jesus. We have a place because of Christmas where we can come and whatever is weighing us down, we can bring it to him. And he said, if you bring it to me, I can lift it off you. That's what the message is all about. He will bear what we cannot bear. Our sickness, our shame, our anxieties, our worries. And I don't know about you, but I am so glad that he's able to do that. What are you carrying this morning? Because whatever it is, God wants to lift it. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. Maybe it's an addiction. Thank God he's the God who is able to break the power of addictions over people's lives this morning. <laughs> but he came also, not just with healing hands, but he came with words of life. The Bible says he came and he went preaching and teaching. Jesus wasn't only wanting to show what God was like. Jesus was wanting to shape our thinking, get our thinking in line with the Word of God. That's why, again, if you read through the parables, if you read through the, the New Testament, Jesus' teaching in parables, again and again you'll hear the phrase coming from Jesus, this is what the kingdom of God is like. 
This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Because he was painting pictures to say, no, 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 you've got the wrong idea. He's not angry. He's not judgmental. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who wants to be active in our lives. Matthew 7 says, when Jesus finished saying these things, whenever he was teaching, it says, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Oh, friends, I don't know about you. There's so much, there's so many words in the world today. There's so much noise in the world today. There are so many philosophies, so many alleged truths. Is it a truth or an untruth? So much information, so many opinions, so many philosophies. But friends, I want to tell you, when Jesus spoke, the world understood, no, what he speaks is truth. When he speaks, he has authority. And you know what I love about the fact that this Bible, this Bible is not just an historical record of something that happened back then in Nazareth. It's not just a book of inspirational poems. It's not just a book of Psalms. It's not just a book of encouragement to the early church. This book is the ultimate authority on life. Full stop. And that's why here at Life, we pay everything. It's got to, if it's, it's got to be the Word. And the wonderful thing about this is it crosses every generation, it crosses every language, it crosses every culture. This is the final authority. If we want to know how to live a great life, then we need to know what God says about living a great life. And when we base our lives on His Word, I want to tell you, everything gets better. His word is truth. His word is all authority. And his word is not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a book of can't. It's a book of can. Again, as Pastor Nadia said around communion, it's a book of you can have life. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have prosperity. You can have a great marriage. You can raise wonderful children. You can be successful in your career. You can make a difference on this planet. It's a book of can. I want to encourage you again. I said, don't leave the baby in the manger and don't leave the word on the shelf. There's not be some that would only open the word or hear the word on Christmas or maybe at Easter. Friends, can I say, hey, we've got to build our life on the word, which means every day get into the word, feed on the word, let the word build your spirit so that we can get hold of everything that God has for us. It's his authority and it's here for you and I. But here's the final thing. You know, we must never lose the wonder that God wrapped himself in skin, came as that little baby in the manger. But he did so much more than just come and lie in the manger. We must never lose the wonder that he came as a, a man and he reached out with the message of power and with the message of grace. But we must not leave him there because the reality is that as much as Jesus came to show us what God was like he also came to die on the cross you see the other side of Christmas the other side of the manger is the reality the brutal reality of the cross the Christ came knowing that he came as a sacrifice for you and I he came knowing that his body would be stripped beaten and whipped. He came knowing that in that face that was once the face of a beautiful baby was punched, spat upon and a beard was pulled out. He came knowing that on that forehead 
would be placed a thorn of crowns. He came knowing that in those hands there would be nails that would hold him to the cross. And he endured all of that for you and I. He came and you might say, well, why, why the horror? What is the sin? Why would he do that? I can understand that he'd come and, and show us what God was like. I can understand that he'd heal the sick and preach good news. But why the cross? Because the truth is that without the cross, we would all have remained lost. We'd all have remained separated from God. The Bible makes it so clear. It says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says that it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. You know, why do, we, why do we give gifts at Christmas? Why do we race around and go through all that? Well, what, what's it about? Why do we do that? You know, our gift giving is just a, it's a way of capturing the greatest gift that has ever come. The fact that God would wrap himself in skin, he would come to earth, but then pay the penalty for our sin, dying on the cross, but then raising again to life, demonstrating that he has victory over everything that has kept us bound, victory over everything that would keep us out of the life that God wants us to live. He's made that way possible for you and for I. And my prayer this morning is that there will be not one person again that would, We've already said yes to him that would be able to say, oh God, how could we move so quickly through a season like this? How could we get so caught up in the world without stopping in moments of worship and be able to sing the songs that we've been singing? I pray this morning that we would capture the awe and the wonder of the price paid for the life that you and I can live in God's grace. But I pray even more this morning. If you're here this morning and you're not here by chance. If you're here this morning and you've not, you've not stepped into that gift of free, grace-filled, love-filled, power-filled life that's available through Jesus, that this morning you'd realize that Christmas is not just some nice little story. Christmas is an open invitation. Jesus said, so whoever, whoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. So I pray, Father, this morning that God has, we've taken time to stop and to go back and to revisit all that was going on, why you came, how you came, what you did, what you said. Lord, I thank you that God, it's not some little story we tell every year. God, it's so real. It's so powerful. God, every day we can wake up in your grace and say thank you. Every day, God, we can walk in freedom. Every day, God, we can walk in the, the life that you've always intended us to live, abundant life with peace and joy, fulfillment. God, I pray, Father, this morning, that God, there'd be not one, not one that would not be touched by that sense of awe and by that sense of wonder. I thank you, Father, that God, we are, able to call on you for healing, able to call on you, Father. Lord, for deliverance of all kinds of addiction, deliverance of fear, anxiety. Father, this morning, we can lay it all down before you. God, you promised that you will carry our burden. You've promised that, God, you would fill our heart with a peace that is beyond all understanding. So I pray for that right now, Father. 
Pray, Father, for those that would be facing this time, this season, and there's an ache in the heart, maybe because of loved one loss, maybe because of relationships that have broken down, maybe because of isolation, maybe because of guilt or shame. And God, I pray right now, Father, for your grace, for your love, for your grace, for your love to manifest in every hurting heart. Fill every empty space, God, with your love and your grace. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I wonder this morning, if you're here, you're not here by chance. I don't know how you came in this morning. Maybe it was with a friend. Maybe it was on your own. Maybe just because it's Christmas, this is what you do. But I want to tell you today, if you've never opened up your heart, or maybe you have, but it's been a long time since you've been walking openly, freely with God. Then this morning, we're going to pray in just a moment. It's a simple, simple prayer. Some would call it the sinner's prayer, but I love to call it the beginner's prayer because it's where everything begins. It's where we simply say, God, I give up. I don't want to live on my own. I don't want to live by my own strength, my own wisdom. I know I need what Jesus made possible. I need to know you, God. And this morning, if you're here, you've sat through the Word, I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you and the Holy Spirit right now, quickening your heart, saying, say yes to God. Say yes to a new life. Say yes to Jesus. So in a moment's time, we're going to lead you in a very, very simple prayer where you invite Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and your Saviour. We'll all pray it together. But I would just love to know, for those that are here, you're going to make this your prayer this morning. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just to give you privacy, because this is between you and the Lord. But I'd like to know we're joining with you. Would you quickly this morning, in just a moment's time, slip up your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm asking Christ to come into my life this morning, right now. While heads about, eyes are closed. Just slip up your hand nice and high. We're going to see Him. We're going to pray for you. Believe God to come. Fulfill His Word. If you're at home watching online, this is an opportunity for you as well this morning. I'm going to give you a couple of moments here this morning saying yes to Jesus. Maybe it's not your first time. Maybe it's an opportunity to be able to say, God, I'm coming back. You were once in the center, but you've drifted. But now this morning, by Holy Spirit's invitation, you're saying yes again to Him this morning. That's wonderful. Here in the building online, let's all pray together. Let's say, thank you, God, for the wonder of Christmas. Today, God, I make my decision. I open up my heart. I'm inviting Jesus Christ to come into my life as my Lord and my Saviour. I believe today that Jesus came, paid the penalty for my sin, but He rose again that I can have a new life as a child of God. So I thank you for a new beginning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Come on, let's put it. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.